And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones, and we're transmitting live from our mobile station. Today's program, of course, is that of Agents of Darkness, Target Israel Countdown. So we hope that you can stay tuned to our audio cast of today's program, and I want to encourage you to turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 16, as well as Daniel chapter 11, as we start in today's program. So before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to get together and study your word, Lord. Uh, reveal the future to us as you have told us in the Bible, not by man's interpretation, but by your own. And we just ask, Lord, to bless all those who are tuned in, Lord, that they may grow in the relationship with you. In your precious and wonderful name, the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Again, you're tuning to a Truth to Church Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition with Vic Batista and Nathan Jones. Again, our topic is that of Agents of Darkness, Target Israel Countdown. So stay tuned to our program. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones, to today's program. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Hey, brother. Always good to be talking about the Bible with you. Fantastic. You know, you and I take little breaks, but just we pull back a little so we can have more more uh, strength moving forward. So we're excited. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of ministry to do out there, and uh, we've been busy lately, so it's great to be back in the seat with you, man. Man, Nathan, talking about ministry and excitement, I had the opportunity to be out there with you guys about two weeks ago to your act. Talk to us about that conference, Nathan. I, it was just fantastic. Well, we here at Lamb and Lion Ministries host a giant annual conference every year in July. Uh, here in the Dallas area, and uh, we did one uh, just a few weeks ago called Contending the Faith. It was an apologetics conference led by our own Dr. David Reagan, and if folks want to catch up on that, it's already passed, but they can go to our website at ChristinProphecy.org and visit our YouTube channel at Christ in Prophecy, and we have that conference listed there under a playlist called 2019 uh, Bible Conference. And check it out. Uh, we had a great conference, Vic, brother. Great to have you out visiting and, and being there in person and doing some online videos with you as well and teaching there. So uh, we praise the Lord that you came. No, thank you, Nathan, for the opportunity. We had such a wonderful time. Let me tell you, that was so much fun just touching base with people and connecting with people. And thank you for stepping out of the way a little bit and giving me an opportunity to actually uh, interview some people. You didn't have to do that, but I thank you for that. Well, you're always sharing your pulpit with me. I thought I'd share mine with you. Well, I told people you were on special assignment, Nathan, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, folks, that's a great video, by the way. Uh, Vic is interviewing Mike Gendron, since they both come from Catholic backgrounds and were saved out of that. Uh, if you want to check out that video on our YouTube channel, Christ in Prophecy, it's called Interview Number 5, and there you can find Pastor Vic interviewing Mike Gendron. Yeah, that was a great time. And Nathan, everyone did a fantastic job, uh, uh, all the speakers. It was really amazing. And, and all the feedback that as I was there at the conference, everything was just phenomenal. So I would encourage anyone that is tuned into the program, hey, make the time next year, uh, same bat time and same bat channel, Nathan. Is that when you hold it? <laughs> Usually mid-July every year. And you can find out more information about our annual conference on our website at ChristinProphecy.org. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And again, for those of you that just tuned in, uh, great resources. Also, Nathan, some other resources that you were just sharing with me that were blogging some of our past programs was at First Thessalonians. Yeah, uh, well, we've done 10 years worth of uh, online teaching, and we also blog them. And on our channel, which is uh, ChristinProphecyBlog.org, you can uh, check us out there. 
And uh, we have many, many blog teachings. And right now, as of this recording, we're going through 2 Thessalonians 2. And we just finished 1 Thessalonians. And uh, you can check that out. It's uh, ChristinProphecyBlog.org. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. Again, wonderful resources for those of you that are students of eschatology to grow in the knowledge uh, of Bible prophecy. We believe the Lord is coming back soon, and we want you to be prepared and be equipped. And Nathan, talking about equipping, we recognize that we are living really in exciting yet perilous times. And you and I started a series called Agents of Darkness, and we touched uh, on a number of topics. And we talked in one of our previous programs about, about Israel, how Israel is being targeted for destruction. She is surrounded by enemies. We talked a little bit about some of the nations that were involved uh, in trying to destroy the nation of Israel. As we know, these agents of darkness are, are led by the one and only Satan himself. Now, you and I also know, Nathan, that, again, uh, the enemy is always plotting to destroy God's people. Yet we recognize that even in today's modern time, the clock is ticking. The time is winding down for all these nations to come in to once and for all try to destroy Israel. Uh, in the Revelation chapter 16, verses 12 through 14, uh, we're going to go there uh, real quick, Nathan, and then hopefully we'll touch on Daniel chapter 11, because it's going to be this, um, this, this coalition of nations once and for all coming to try to wipe Israel of the face of the earth. And yet the Bible tells us in Revelation that they are demonically uh, influence. So I was thinking, Nathan, if you will be able to take us there to Revelation chapter 16 and maybe read for us um, those opening verses, verses 12 to 14, and then we can talk a little bit about these wars and these battles. Okay, yeah, we're kind of jumping to the end, but uh, we'll turn around, go back to the beginning, and work our way back to Revelation 16. It goes, verse 12, then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up, so the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Wow. So, Nathan, this is, of course, going to be one of the darkest uh, moments uh, in the history of Israel. But as, uh, like you said, as we back up a little bit, uh, where would you say we are today, Nathan, as the time clock is ticking in modern time in comparison to that event? Well, all of Bible prophecy focuses on the return of Jesus Christ to set up his kingdom. And one of the major signs, and there's many, many signs that, that God gives us so that we can recognize the times we're in, is the return of the nation of Israel. For since AD 70, when the Romans destroyed Jerusalem and, and caused the Jews to be exiled throughout the world, there has been no nation of Israel. But on May of 1948, the Jewish people were regathered again, as Isaiah 11 prophesied, a second time, and they have a nation. Ever since then, the birth pains have been happening in Israel after the fact they became a nation. War after war after war, as Satan has used Islamic armies to end people around the world through boycott, divest, and sanction, and other movements to try to destroy Israel. And as we read in Bible prophecy, uh, especially in Zechariah chapters 12 and 14, how Israel will be a stumbling block for the world. The world will, will continually hurt itself trying to destroy the nation of Israel, and that will increase in frequency, intensity, 
uh, the persecution against the nation of Israel all the way up till Jesus returns. What we read here in Revelation 12 is the last stage in that persecution of the nation of Israel. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. And of course, this is exactly like you, you said, the intensity is increasing. We What we hear and see in the news is really a, a drop in the bucket in comparison to what's really coming. Would you agree? Oh, I'd agree. And, and God uses anti-Semitism. It uses the hatred of the Jewish people, one, to punish them, unfortunately, that their rebellion against Jesus Christ and the rejection of him as Messiah has lasted 2,000 years in the way of punishment. But God always keeps his promises, and he always promised that he would keep a believing remnant of Jewish people, and they will inherit the promises given them during the millennial kingdom of being the uh, of controlling the land that God gave them. They have yet to fully take. Oh, the nation of Israel today is only a fraction the size of the land that God's promised them. They're also promised to be a peace, priestly people during the millennial kingdom. And uh, Zechariah prophesies that during the millennial kingdom, 10 Gentiles will grab the hold of the hem of a Jewish person and say, hey, take us to Jesus. You know where he is, take us to him. And, and so we're looking forward to that day when the Jewish person is honored and not ostracized, where they're respected and not demonized. And that time period is yet to come. So in the meantime, the, a Satan knows Bible prophecy. He can read the Bible just like us, and he knows that God's promises are through the Jewish people. And if he could stop that, if he could destroy the Jewish people as he attempted to during World War II and the Holocaust, then he can thwart God's plan. But for some reason, Satan doesn't seem to get it through his thick skull that God's plans cannot be thwarted, and a remnant of Jewish people will be brought out of an unbelieving nation to inherit those promises. In the meantime, Satan will continue to ratchet up stronger and harsher the persecutions against the Jewish people. And there's a number of prophesied wars against Israel in order to destroy Israel that are coming. Nathan, that's a very good point because again, we have had a lot of wars. We have, we've had war, war, excuse me, uh, world wars. And uh, uh, even we have battles going on today. And you mentioned to, to me at one point when you were doing um, uh, some uh, research, how many actual small wars are, or battles are uh, around the world, even as we speak. But that, that is nothing in comparison, really, to, to what's coming. And like you mentioned, in the end times, there's actually a number of wars. Sometimes people only hear of Armageddon, the one that we were just reading about, but they're not familiar with all the other wars leading up to that. Can you talk to us about that? Certainly. Most people, when they think of end time wars, they think of Armageddon. What we are reading with the Sixth Bowl Judgment in Revelation is the end of a seven-year time period called the Tribulation. The Tribulation winds up with a final battle. The entire world, entire world, under the Antichrist against Israel, and with Jesus Christ coming in, uh, like the, one of those last-second rescues, and he returns in all his full glory with the angels and the saints following him. And, and Jesus defeats Satan and his, and his forces and rescues the remnant of the Jewish people. And that's what we're starting to read about here in Revelation. But there are quite a number of wars that happened before that where Satan time and time again will try to destroy Israel. And uh, we can cover those. There's actually nine end time wars that deal with Israel in the end times. You know, Nathan, and that's a very good point because sometimes people only hear of certain wars like the uh, Six-Day War in our time and those kind of things. But there's really a lot more that we need to pay close attention to. So if you would take us through those nine, that would be fantastic. Okay. Well, 
Well, we hear about, for since Israel became a nation in 1948, there's been a number of wars. You're right. There's the War of Independence in 1948, where all the nations, or quite, I should say a number of nations around Israel, attempted to destroy her. And Israel, just a bunch of farmers and, and migrants or immigrants back into the land. Uh, obviously, God-powered, because they were able to beat all these armies back. Uh, the, the Arabs and the Muslims again in those era in Middle East tried again in 1967 during the Six Day War, and instead Israel gained more land during that process. There was the Yom Kippur War. There's been two wars with Lebanon. There's an ongoing skirmish with Gaza. Again and again, Israel is constantly having to fight their hostile neighbors. But the Bible prophesies at some point Israel just will not be able to take it any longer. There'll be an existential threat against Israel. And this is where we get what's called the first of the nine wars is called the War of Extermination. You can read about that in Amos, uh, excuse me, Psalm 83 and again in Amos 9.15. Zechariah 12.6 talks a little about it. And it's a prophecy by the seer Asaph that talks about how Israel at some point in its history will have to not only defend itself from its surrounding neighbors. When I say surrounding neighbors, we're talking about Lebanon Gaza, Egypt, Jordan, uh, Saudi Arabia, Syria. Uh, Israel is finally going to have to deal with those nations, and they, Israel will conquer them and control that land. Now, we see Israel constantly repelling attacks from those nations, but we have yet to see Israel conquer those nations and grow into a superpower because of that. That is the what's commonly called the Psalm 83 war. And that's also, uh, I know Bill Silas, I believe, and some others have, have written a little bit about that because not many people were aware, but I'm glad that you're bringing that to our attention. Yeah, Bill Silas is probably the leading writer on that. He's written actually a lot. Uh, we've had him on our television show, Christ in Prophecy, here at Lamb and Lion Ministries quite a number of times discussing the Psalm 83 war. There's quite a pushback against that idea, but Psalm 83 was written by a prophet, Asaph, describes a scenario which has yet to happen in, in all of Israel's history, that Israel will have to defend itself against hostile neighbors. Again, Israel hasn't been a nation until 1948, and Israel has yet to take over those countries that surround it. So it's clearly a war that has yet to happen. Mm, excellent point. So that's number one, war of extermination. Number two, Nathan. Well, that's when we get into what is commonly called the Gog and Magog War. It's Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39 follow chapters, obviously, 36 and 37, which prophesy the return of Israel as a nation. So like dry bones in the desert, they come together, the sinews, the muscles, the blood, the skin, all comes back together, and the nation of Israel is a country once more. It's immediately followed by the prophecy of the Gog and Magog War. And that war describes a we just talked about an inner ring of Arab Islamic nations that try to destroy Israel. Now we've got an outer ring of Islamic nations trying to destroy Israel. And that involves Turkey, Iran, the Sudan, all those stand nations, Ethiopia, led by Russia and a ruler called Gog, who will lead this coalition of nations in an attempt to destroy Israel. Now, I believe this is how close we are to seeing these two wars. Because unlike any time in human history, we are seeing Russia, Turkey, and Iran form an alliance. Yes. The North nations hated each other. They now form an alliance for the purpose of, and as the prophecy says, to plunder Israel of its treasures. Well, you and I know Israel, other than being good with diamonds and 
economics and technology. They really didn't have anything to plunder, but now that Israel has these massive gas reserves that can compete with the gas reserves in, in, in Russia, Russia sees Israel as a serious threat and looks to plunder. So the scenario that comes about to create this Gog and Magog war is coming together. And the purpose is, again, to plunder Israel and to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Now, where have we heard the term wipe Israel off the face of the earth before? Oh, Nathan, everywhere. We hear it in the news. We see. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah. All the Arab nations want to wipe Israel off the map. Uh, of course, Iran and Russia aren't Arab nations, and neither is Turkey, but there is, they're now connected by Islam. They're Islamic nations. Russia itself is about 30% Islamic. Uh, this Gog, whoever this leader is, if it's today, that would be Vladimir Putin or whomever. It could be the name of a demon. who seeks to destroy Israel. Now, this is what's fascinating about this war. Okay, for the Psalm 83 war, Israel used its fantastic army, the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, to push back the fight. But this time, there's so much arm, so many troops, such a big army coming against Israel that God himself personally steps in and destroys these armies. And he does, them on the, does this so on the mountains of Israel. And he uses biblical proportion type thing. And we're talking about hail and earthquakes and fire. And he sets the armies against each other. And not only does God then destroy these armies so that it takes Israel seven years to clean up the mess, but he then also sends fire on the armies that are attacking. He destroys Russia, Iran, Turkey, the Sudan, Algeria, all these nations that come against Israel will no longer be a political player in the future after the Gog and Magog War. Ooh. Fantastic. And Nathan, and that is exactly why, again, we're talking about agents of darkness, target Israel countdown. Here is that clock. Here is where we can say, wow, this is amazing what's going on. And we can almost put our finger on it. So I think that is fantastic that you're bringing out that point. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, you're tuned into the truth will set you free. Bible prophecy, TV radio edition, Big Batista, Nathan Jones. As we're talking about agents of darkness and the wars of the end times so and we thank you for tuning in so nathan that is again number two and already uh we see all these details continue on okay well the end result of the gog magog war and, and god himself says this two or three times that the world may know that he is god so by the end of the gog and Magog war the supernatural uh you could say interference of god into human affairs shows the world that there is a God. There shouldn't be an atheist left on the planet. There's no doubt there's a God. And the shift from the church to God working through Israel would mean to me that this is a post-rapture war. The Psalm 83 war could happen before the rapture of the church, but clearly the Gog and Magog war happens after. Now, what do we see here as a result of the Gog and Magog war? Israel is a superpower that's much feared by the world. Uh, we also see that Russia and the Middle East, and I would even argue Islam, is pretty much decimated by this point. If the rapture's happened, it's gutted the West, and it's also gutted China and all those nations that are have large Christian populations. And here we are now looking at the beginning of the seven-year tribulation. The Antichrist will rise from the only superpower left, the European Union, and he will make a peace covenant with Israel, as Daniel 9 prophesied, in order to protect his empire building from God. And this is when the Antichrist will start what's called the conventional war of the tribulation. We read about it in Revelation 6. 
The Antichrist will bring come in peace, but he will bring war to the earth, and he will conquer the world over a three-and-a-half-year period while Israel is recuperating from the Gog and Magog war. Amazing. And Nathan, I like that conventional wars. And that's why we see all these weapons uh, of mass destruction uh, that are being, uh, uh, you know, that we have right now. We also always see North Korea recently, uh, you know, and the fears there. And that time will come when all this exchange will take place. That's an excellent segue, because what you meant when you bring up nuclear war, that brings us into the fourth war of the end times. And that's the nuclear war of the tribulation, Revelation chapters eight and nine. As the Antichrist conquers the world and brings everything and forces all the world into a global government, he'll do uh, two things. One, he'll force the geopolitical world underneath one banner, one central government over the world uh, that is then controlled through 10 kings. He will also try to create a one world religion, which means that you can't have a monotheistic religion competing with them. That's why I believe that Islam won't be a player during the tribulation. The only religions that, that the Antichrist persecutes is Judaism by the constant persecution of the Jewish people, like we've been discussing, and Christianity, which will continue by those who are left behind after the rapture. People will get saved, and they'll become what's called the tribulation saints. As the Antichrist escalates this war, he will now use the nuclear stockpile of the world to force certain countries and certain people groups into obedience, and if not, he'll utterly destroy them. So we read in Revelation 8 and 9 what was very much a first-century man's description of nuclear weaponry. And Nathan, and, and those are the things that, uh, you know, sometimes people need to look at the Word of God and at the Bible, and we also need to, hey, let's, imp let's put their common sense, in other words, when we talk about certain plagues, and this is where we believe this nuclear exchange uh, is going to take place. Very much. The, and we're in a, now the series called The Trumpet Judgments. That, that's what you read about in Revel, uh, Revelation chapters 8 and 9, where the Antichrist, not only will God bring his own 21 judgments on the world, but he will also do that through the, the activities of man. He'll also do it through the activities of demons. And it's you, you, you read about how mankind is hiding in caves, crying out for the wrath of the Lamb to end, we read about people getting these terrible boils and, and melting and, and the sky receding like a scroll. And again and again, this description of his nuclear weapons. Now, most people don't know that we've, as a planet, shot off about and tested 2,500 nuclear weapons, not just the two atomic bombs dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, but on the way. So we've got a nuclear arsenal big enough to annihilate the world 17 times and it's just sitting there waiting to be used. We read about how as God pulls his restraining influence away during the tribulation, mankind will let loose their destructive tendencies and nuclear war will come upon the world. Nathan, that is just incredible. And this is uh, uh, this is a reality. So for those of you that are tuned into our program. That's why we want to encourage you to uh, keep Israel in prayer. Uh, the Bible tells us that we should be on Israel's side, that we should pray for the peace of Israel, for the, uh, pray for God's people. But it's a sad situation in what's coming. And uh, our hope is that the Jewish people would, their eyes would be open and that they would uh, come to know Christ. We know there's a great movement right now, Chosen People's Ministry and Jews for Jesus. But again, we see that that is not much in comparison uh, to what needs to happen. And in the time of the tribulation, we're going to see an incredible revival. But sad to say, 
uh, it's going to be a, a bloodbath, right, Nathan, in, in the many Jews that are going to lose their lives. Absolutely. I mean, again, Satan is trying to destroy the Jewish people. Uh, the fifth war of the end times is the war in the heavens, Revelation 12, where while there's uh, obviously mankind fighting against each other, there is a war going on behind mankind's government, and that's Satan's forces against God's forces. Satan will try one more time to form a coup in heaven and overthrow heaven, and it'll fail, and it'll be cast down permanently to the earth. And that's where Satan in his defeat, knowing that he only has three and a half years left of the tribulation, will declare a full-out war against the Jews and the tribulation saints. That's the sixth war. The uh, It's called the war against the Jews and the saints, or you can read about it in Revelation 12. And uh, meanwhile, the Antichrist, so obsessed with the Jewish people and the Christians, trying to destroy these two groups, that his kings will start rebelling against him. And this is where we read in Daniel 11, which you referenced earlier, the seventh war, the Middle East campaign of the Antichrist, that Satan, through his one world ruler, the Antichrist, will have to put down a rebellion down in the, with the king of the south, meaning Africa, and then he'll have to deal with the kings of the east rebelling against him. And they will all meet, this whole conflagration will meet in what's called the Valley of Jezreel in Israel, and that is the eighth battle, the Battle of Armageddon, which we read about there in Revelation 16 and Revelation 19. You know, Nate, and, and that is fantastic. And I'm glad that you're putting names to these locations. Sometimes you say the East and the West, and people are wondering, well, who are those players? Yeah. But here's the name of them. We're talking about Africa, Russia, and, and, right? Right. And the Bible gives us the ancient names, obviously, because of the first century time period it was written. But we can look at today's counterparts and know which nations they're talking about. Fantastic. And Nathan, uh, great timing. So we have one left, number nine. Well, the Battle of Armageddon is the Antichrist gathers all the forces of the world against Israel. Jesus Christ returns in his glory. He defeats Satan and throws him in a pit. And the Antichrist and false prophet, he throws into uh, the lake of fire. With just a word, God will cause, Jesus will cause the armies of the Antichrist to melt before him. And they will be sent to Hades to await final judgment. Jesus will institute his kingdom. And for a thousand years, he will bring the earth to a near garden of Eden-like state. And there will be a great peace and righteousness and justice during that time. But the end of that thousand years, Satan will be released from that pit. And he will go to those children born of the tribulation saints who survived and had children during the millennial kingdom. And he will lead some of them astray, actually many of them astray. And he again... He will attack Israel. He will attack Jerusalem where the king lives, Jesus Christ. And that's where we get Revelation 20, the ninth and the last battle, which is called the second battle of Gog and Magog. Woo. And Nathan, that is fantastic. And of course, some people will think, okay, well, uh, tribulation is over. We've come to the end. But yet the Bible says, no, wait a minute. Keep reading because there's another battle coming. So I'm so glad that you pointed that out because sometimes people just think of the tribulation. They think it's over. But here we see another rebellion after a thousand years. Yeah, and it's real sad that the hearts of mankind, even born in a, in a paradise like the millennial kingdom, People will still want to sin and they'll rally to Satan in an attempt to overthrow Jesus. And Jesus doesn't waste any time. As soon as the armies show up, he incinerates them with fire and Satan is thrown into hell and that's it. There's no more wars. There's no more attempts on destroying Israel. Uh, there's no more coups against Christ. 
we enter the eternal state with the new Jerusalem on the new earth, and everybody in the new eternal state are believers in Christ. They're saved, and there's no more evil or sin anymore. Man, that's a time period I am looking forward to. Well, Nathan, and you made a good point, and that's why I'm so glad, because, again, uh, the issue with us is an issue of the heart. That is the problem, right, Nathan? Sometimes we blame society. Sometimes we blame our neighborhood. We blame our parents. But yet, the Bible teaches that man's, uh, that we're sinners, and because of our hearts are wicked, we need a heart transplant, uh, and that can only be done by the Lord Jesus Christ when someone comes to Christ. So, Nathan, that is an amazing point, and that's why we want to talk to those of you that are tuned into the program. If you have not given your heart to Jesus, your life to Jesus, what are you waiting for? As we close, we're going to give you an opportunity, even right now, to, to receive the heart transplant, to allow the Lord to change you from the inside out. Uh, so, Nathan, would you be able maybe to talk to that person out there that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, how they can come to know him personally, even right now? Well, Vic, you said it beautifully. You need a heart transplant. You need to get rid of the old sin life and be washed in Jesus Christ's sacrifice by his blood. He died on the cross for your sins. When you accept Jesus Christ in faith and repentance, pray from your heart, Something like, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And Jesus will forgive you of your sins. The guilt will be washed free. You will stand reconciled before God and you can inherit eternal life with him forever. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan. And of course, maybe you just received the Lord by faith. Maybe you've been tuned into our program and you recognize that you needed the Lord and you've accepted him. Hey, we would love to hear from you. Give us a call at 305-992-9537. We want to celebrate with you. We want to send you material so that you can grow in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're excited for you. So Nathan, amazing, amazing. You took us through nine amazing, incredible wars. Hopefully that should be enough to encourage people to dive in more into the word of God and grow in the things of the Lord. And so that they could recognize that, they, that it, is, it is a spiritual battle all around us. And at yeah. the end, target is going to Israel. So Nathan, I want to thank you so much for bringing those scriptures to light for us. Amen, brother. Watch the Middle East. Watch what's happened around Israel. That's God's prophetic time clock. You watch Israel, you know what's going on with God's plan of events. Amen. And of course, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. We want to encourage you, of course, to continue to follow us on social media. We also want to encourage those of you that would like to learn more and grow in biblical eschatology and maybe consider getting a degree. Be part of our university. And you can find more information at cca.university and grow with us. So, Nathan, again, thank you so much for being part of the program. And we want to thank everyone else for joining us. Thank you, brother. God bless. Yes, and of course, again, if you're in need of prayer, we would encourage you to give us a call. Our lines will be open. Again, Vic Batista and Nathan Jones, we're saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a great week.